Hello, welcome to Harmonica Studio Podcast, episode 5. My name is Ivonik Prone, and today my guest is Los Angeles-based chromatic harmonica player Bill Barrett. I really dig Bill's playing. He has a strong sense of rhythm, great melodic lines. He is a master of tongue blocking and corner switch. I think we could all learn from Bill. And in this episode, we are talking about his love for gypsy jazz, comping as a harmonica player, and how to become an original voice on the harmonica. Here is my conversation with Bill Barrett. Bill, when did you start playing uh, the harmonica? Um, in the mid-70s, like late, late mid-70s, yeah. And I didn't start playing chromatic till 1980. But uh... You grew up in New York? I, I li only lived in New York till I was eight or nine. Then I moved to D.C. And then I moved to uh, Florida. And I've been in California since 1984. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I really started learning the harmonica in Florida <laughs> more oh, than. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you have a teacher? There was nobody. <laughs> uh, there was. Um, There was one harmonica player who was, uh, who had, uh, you know, blues harmonica player who played with um, Muddy Waters at one point, James Judy. And uh, he was the first person I, I heard play, you know, legit blues harp. But really, there was nobody um, in town that I knew. And I was young, so I wasn't exactly going to bars or anything. Wow. <laughs> I was 14. Yeah. So I guess you learn uh, how to play from uh, method or directly from the listening to the CDs. Um, a different, yeah, mainly from listening to from listening to LPs. You know, there weren't CDs yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, you know, I got a lot of records at a record store called Rock and Roll Heaven. Uh, you know, I had a nice collection of of blues stuff in particular, and um, a lot of Blue Note and Riverside Fantasy LPs. And uh, and a real book. <laughs> I used to play with a friend Frank Sanfilippo, the, a great bass player, a friend of mine, and we would you know write songs together, you know sort of modal compositions, and and you know learn the real book and and play weird music. Wow! And you were playing the diatonic at that time when you started getting interested in, into jazz. N no, chromatic. chromatic. When I, Yeah, pretty much when I started playing jazz, it was on chromatic, yeah. Well, so you, you are self-taught on the chromatic? You didn't well, play any other instruments? Um, I play guitar, yeah. but, uh, but not that I would do it in public. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I have too many friends who play, who play guitar too well. So uh, I had a, um, a couple of, you know, I've had different teachers for different things but usually no no the only harmonica teacher i had was eddie manson who's um you know one of the great soloists of the you know 40s 50s 60s he was a great composer too he won a bunch of awards for his writing and he had a, a great uh, i don't know if you've heard this um the little fugitive have you heard that um no I it was it's a, it's a movie it's like a 30 minute movie about a kid 
who sneaks off with his older brother to Coney Island and gets in a lot of trouble. And it's an unaccompanied harmonica soundtrack. And it won, it won a bunch of awards and it's really innovative and, and, and beautiful, you know. If you want, I mean, I have all the stuff written out. I could send it to you too. It's, oh yeah, yeah. I'm interested to uh, to listen yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I took lessons from him when I first came to California for a couple of years, but you know, I not. I mean, just a few times a year. <laughs> it wasn't really studying so much as it was coming in and getting my ass kicked for an hour. But um, how did you learn um, like harmony and? improvisation it was just by doing it or well by doing it but by you know um informal study and studying with people like if i'm uh you know i'm, I'm still learning things every day now you know transcribing things and um you know getting another book i'm not going through <laughs> uh i play with a lot of people that um you know if there's something that interests me i i steal it you know? yeah yeah <laughs> And uh, we all do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the the um, I didn't formally study harmony, but uh, I, well, I kind of have. It's not true. <laughs> I'm giving myself too much credit. There's people along the way have given me yeah. various lessons, and yeah, Co more complicated piecemeal thing over 30 years, you know. And uh, I've listened to your uh, CD, uh, Crooked Philosophy. It's uh, oh. a duo. Uh, album uh harmonica and guitar with yeah. uh, um marcus watkins on guitar. Yes. Yeah. and it seems that uh, on this album the style is uh gypsy jazz blues uh, yeah we well we mix. were we have a band uh, a quartet called the bastards of belleville that's uh started out as a, a gypsy jazz thing and and slowly degraded into more like american pre-war jazz and right, yeah, swing. and jazz yeah they just just you know pre-war swing and uh and then you know it was hard to get the quartet together because the people in it are very busy and uh, there's just not a lot of money in la you know so uh we started doing it as a duo yeah and you know we've been doing it for a while and uh you know if we need a quartet it's hard to get another um person that plays the pomp, you know, plays the right rhythm. Mm. In LA, there's there's maybe 20 people or something, I don't know, and it's not that many people that can really do it well, you know. So playing, you know, real gypsy jazz is kind of difficult. There's some fantastic players out here that do it, but um, but they're busy too, so. <laughs> do you uh, draw your inspiration from um, Django Reinhardt, for example? Because there are no uh, really uh, many uh, other uh, chromatic harmonica players no. who are playing in that style. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, I get inspiration from. I mean, I'm going to mispronounce all these names. You're French, aren't you? This is great, Guy Vizier. Yeah, on accordion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the way he comps. About comping, like, that's something that uh, really caught my uh, ears. Like, I was watching a, a video of you. Uh, it's a, another duet. Uh, with um, guitarist uh, Michaela, yeah, uh, that I, I played with once. Oh, you have? Yeah, okay. in, in New York at. Uh, She's at, amazing. At the Django, yeah, yeah. Her her um, her ragtime blues thing is sort of you know, uh, 
she's it. She's it for me. I just love the way she sounds. We we played at a bar um, there the last time I was there. I was with my wife Marie, and we were in the bar, and and uh, there was a good band playing. But as soon as she started playing, all the kids got up and started dancing. Yeah. And, and Marie noted, she said, "Michaela makes the babies dance." Hmm. I said, good "Yeah, scene. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, good, yeah, right." When you see everyone turn from the bar and go, hmm. <laughs> "Who's that?" Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So what uh, struck me that uh, while she was. Um, Improvising, you were uh, comping on the chromatic harmonica, and that's uh, not something uh, we hear uh, a lot, you know. And so uh, I'm wondering, uh, are you using uh, some kind of tongue blocking technique? Yes. Corner switch. Yes, but I mean, I don't really think about it as corner switching necessarily. I just think of it, you know, I just think of the two notes. I mean, obviously, yeah. I am corner switching, but I mean, I'm, my mouth usually sort of um, you know, for um, tongue blocking yeah. on the harmonica. So grabbing two notes, they're always there. It's like having your hand on a guitar and mm. putting your fingers down. I'm not thinking about, I'm just holding my hand in the position and then playing the notes, whatever I need, yeah. It's it's really, uh, it's different, you know, and I think it's a great direction to take, you know, and to sound a little bit different than the- uh, It's funny that harmonica, harmonica a harmon you know, it's uh, has the capability of playing, you know, double and triple stops, but people don't avail themselves of it very often. It's really one of the things that sort of sets it apart from, say, playing a clarinet or, mm. or, or something, you know. Yeah, it's not uh, an accordion, really. No. You know, we don't have a, we can we cannot play uh, chromatic chords. Yeah. Well, you can get a lot of them though, because you can you can bend notes, you can um, hum into it, you can depress the lever ha halfway and get get various crushes to play like you know more monkish sounding things right. i mean it's the surprising amount of things you can imply and uh and where the where it would, it would appear that you don't have the double stops you can bend the double stops down a half step hmm. so i mean and uh yeah anyway there's a, there's a lot to there's a lot to get <laughs> a lot i mean the more more than a lifetime will will let you figure out i'm sure What's uh, the most challenging uh, aspect of um, playing uh, gypsy jazz on the chromatic harmonica? It could be, I'm uh, thinking, it could, it could be the, the rhythm. Oh, I mean, you have to swing hard. And, and the, it is funny that it's like um, the gypsy jazz swing is a little different. You know, the feel is a little different, but I didn't, I've never really worried myself with that very much. Just, just try to swing as hard as I can. Actually, one of the biggest challenges And I was playing with with three other great musicians. We were learning this, you know, together. And, uh, you know, we, there's no drummer. So mm. we started playing a tune at a moderately fast tempo, and all of a sudden it started dragging, and everyone was looking at everyone else like it was their fault. <laughs> like, you know, everyone looked at the bass player, and the bass player was like, fuck you, you know. I'm keeping, you know. So it's all of a sudden you realize that that chord, you know, the the – sanctity of the quarter note you I mean it's like you, you have to you have to be responsible for it yourself mm. you know like you can't sit there and constantly sort of play behind the beat or even sing behind the beat if everybody's trying to you know yes. play some hipper thing of it it will eventually just you know drop from 180 to 150. yeah it makes it hard for everyone to yeah, to yeah. Follow you, yeah that was the most challenging aspect of it was keeping keeping really really good time yeah Because I think that's what sort of separates. Uh, there's a lot of people who can play, um, 
play quickly, you know, but a lot of people who play quickly don't play with any um, uh, rhythmic variety mm. or any sort of accents or any, the, the sort of nuanced phrasing that they would if they weren't double timing something. Mm. You know? And people who can play really quickly with, you know, with with a really uh, keen sense of rhythm, it's exciting to hear. That's why you know, like hearing the, you know, the the gypsy masters doing it, you know, is is uh, so horrifying. You know, <laughs> did they did he just play that? It's like, yeah. oh, my, you know, but it rocks, you know, I mean, it really swings, swings hard, you know. Yeah. When you listen to uh, Django. Yeah. No doubt that um, he's swinging uh, his ass off. No? Yeah. And, and playing um, very melodic, uh, melodically as well. Yeah. And I mean, to me, one of the most, you know, amazing things about about Django Reinhardt is there wasn't a Django Reinhardt before him. So he's, he's not like building off of, he's not the great virtuoso who built off of the innovations of, of sort of people with lesser facility. He's just the guy, he's like ground zero. He's the DNA of, of the whole thing, you know, much, much in the way that, you know, when people completely ape his style and try and play exactly like him and they lack any sort of like vision or creativity, it's funny. It's like they're, It, like the thing with people, you know, uh, loving Little Walter and then learning all of Little Walter's solos and his phrases, but not really expressing anything of themselves. They're never really extemporaneously improvising. They, their solos are a collection of, of licks, like a pastiche of, of uh, quotes. I mean, it's not really a conversation at that point. So they've taken you know, the biggest lesson they could take from somebody like little Walter is to be an innovator and to be self and, you know, self-expressive. And instead they've taken what he's done, which I think is kind of odd, you know, and the same thing happens. I think in the gypsy jazz community, there's a lot of, um, a lot of people who are clearly wonderful musicians and, um, and just play fantastic, but, but you can't tell them apart that well, you know, If you closed your eyes and turn around, you couldn't. You wouldn't be able to tell some one person from the next. It's very uh, challenging to come up with a, a new style and your own sound. Yeah, I don't think you have to, you know, set your sights on revolutionizing anything. You know, <laughs> just just expressing yourself, what you, what you yeah. want to say, and I think then that that will be enough. There's a something I read in some liner notes somewhere. I really liked it. Um, The, the writer said that the the artist that he was writing about, he said they were breaking um, new ground with an old shovel, you know. So if you if you want to, you know, um, you know, take the um, melodic and harmonic approach of Toot Stillman's or or Stevie Wonder and make that a sort of a, um, uh, you know, like a a base a basis for where you want to go from. Um, you're never going to be them <laughs> you know? and how satisfying is it to to just play them i mean uh there's anyway there's there's a lot of like uh a lot of people i think who get it but there's so many people who don't yeah yeah <laughs> it's just what's the fun in it what are you doing you know you're already you're not getting paid well yeah you we all know that right and no one's getting paid well so you might as well you know um do something that matters
Yeah, I wanted to ask you, uh, how is the scene uh, in, in LA? As a harmonica player, uh, what kind of uh, job can you find? Well, I mean, I would say that most of the work I do isn't because I'm a harmonica player, it's because I'm me. So because I've just known people for a long time, you know, there, there is work in the studios for harmonica. And, you know, most of the stuff that I do, um, a lot of it now, it's people that I've worked with for years that have these little projects that happen like, you know, once or twice a year and you get enough of them together and all of a sudden you're busy. As far as like the major studios or Tommy, you know, Tommy Morgan or that sort of thing, you know, there's some of that, but I don't think there's as much of that as there was. And, you know, you can teach and, you know, now that there's Skype and there's all these things available to people, um, that's difficult. That's a difficult road to go. Plus, you know, my experience with it is it's, it's hard because I play chromatic harmonica. I do play diatonic harmonica also, but, but I'm, but I really don't practice it at all. <laughs> I'm a chromatic harmonica player and I think they're different instruments, really. I mean, they're as different as, as, you know, mandolin and guitar just, and there's a lot of people who own the, who play guitar, who own a mandolin. And then they say, I'm a mandolin player or mandolinist. And they're not, they're a mandolin owner. There's a lot of chromatic harmonica player owners, but, but not so many real legitimate players really. And similarly, like I'm kind of a diatonic owner now, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a double I have if I need to do it in a, you know, for studio work or for something, but, but I, I prefer not to, and, and I'm not a fan of my playing on it or anything. So, uh, when, uh, you moved to, um, LA in the eighties, did yes. you see a change, um, regarding, uh, work for uh, harmonica players? Well, when I, when I first got here, I didn't know anybody. And then I slowly, you know, got, um, you know, connected in, in some obscure scenes, like the sort of punk rock, you know, um, you know, um, and new music, uh, and more than the blues scene, which I've never really been deeply, um, connected the blues uh, community, you know, um, and th those relationships grew and, and other things happened. So there wasn't like, I, I didn't land in LA with the connections or the capability to be a top notch studio harmonica player. And no one knew who I was anyway. So all that stuff takes a while to, To, to manifest. I know that uh, you are um, Honor and Dorsey, and yep. uh, it seems like you are playing uh, a lot uh, on the CX-12. Um, what uh, harmonica models uh, are you playing these days? Just the CX-12, um, just in C, and I sometimes play the tenor tune one because it's three octaves, so if I need to play you know, that lower octave, I just grab my tenor tune. You play a four octave, 64, or what was it? What did you have? Oh, uh, yeah, 64, yeah. 64, yeah, yeah. Those, I, you're not going to get a better harmonica than that. I mean, those are so well built, you know. And yeah. Do you have uh, somebody to customize your uh, harmonicas, or do, do you do it yourself? Or maybe uh, you just play it out of the box? Uh, no, I do it myself. And But, I, do, I you know, um, over the years I've had... Um, um, you know, the good fortune of having some, you know, great, uh, Dick Gardner, who's like a God on for, uh, chromatic harmonica. And, um, uh, in San, San Diego, Gary Lehman has done a lot of work for me, uh, very generously. 
he's a Suzuki tech and, and a good harmonica player and guitar player. And Pat Misson, who's just an all-around genius about everything. Like Winslow, he knows like the answer to every obscure question you ever had about <laughs> about anything. And uh, yeah, mainly those three, but, um, and uh, oh my God, there's a guy in Northern California that's fantastic and I'm spacing on his name. But uh, if, if, I, if I had the money, you know, I would love to have somebody else do it because I hate doing it, you know. Once I get in and start doing it, I'm like, you know, it's like a kid with bath time. You know, they don't want to get in the bath. They don't want to get in the bath. And then when you get when I get in, I can spend the whole day just doing stuff. And, yeah. you know, but. Uh, take time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can and then, you know, time. I mean, there's so many things that you can do, like from, you know, I mean, extra things you can do that, you know, to quiet the lever or to, to make things. But at a certain point, it all gets to be what I call like tin cup. There was um, there was a golf movie or a movie about golf, and it was a golf pro, and he all of a sudden was terrible. He had been like top of his game, and then all of a sudden he he just couldn't do anything. He just you know fell into a into a depression. He was like drinking and and you know and all of a sudden he was buying every doohickey you could to golf, like things to put on your head, and it's like you know you can spend so much time trying to get your harmonica when you should be spending time learning how to play it yeah i mean like it's it, like i you know but people who worry about equipment so much a lot of the time it feels like tin cup you know it feels like i, I just want to go well don't don't worry about that you know i mean i used to bring when i would play more amplified i would bring several different mics and uh and then i i just made a deal with myself that if i could if I can not make any mistakes on the heads or any of the other parts, I can I can bring an extra mic. And so I still have not done that, you know. <laughs> like you know, I, I, there's a lot. Of, there's too much work to be done on the one harmonic I have. Keeping it in tune is hard, you know. I mean, mm. like if you're going to play with the horn section or you have some session or something coming up, and and you know, having you know having two or three harps that are in good shape at all times is. Or when I go on the road. You know, I, I have to have like like six six or seven of them, but I I don't really blow out reeds or mm. anything. So usually, uh, usually. <laughs> How do you get ready for a gig? Is there some um, particular exercises that you do? It depends on um, it depends on what the gig is. Um, last night I played with the Claremont Voodoo Society, which is um, a band I've been playing in for for ten years. And a bunch of great songwriters and, and singers. And uh, it was more, we have a big, you know, repertoire. So it was picking the right songs. And then, you know, um, there's always this struggle. You know, I, I, I was, I call it like the third verse. You know, like I know, I know two verses to everything. But if I want to do that song, what is that third verse, you know? Similarly, like if there's some part I'm playing or what are the chords on the bridge, like, You know, um, have you met Miss Jones? Sure, no problem. You start to play the head, and then you go, oh, oh, yeah, okay, I got it. You know, sometimes there's some things you just have to take a glance at the page, the lyrics, you know. So if I only have a few minutes, you know, I, I spend it by just looking at looking at the edges of things that I don't know for the specific project that I'm doing. Mm. If it's, um, you know, something more challenging and I have more time, um, I mean, mostly what I practice, I practice, I kind of go long. You know, I, I don't, um, 
I don't look at the stuff I'm actually, I don't work on anything for the actual gig. I just do what I've been practicing on anyway. And, you know, whatever about the gig, you know. But at the last minute, I always pull out lyrics and chord changes and take a glance. Does uh, your singing uh, inform your harmonica playing? Does it help? Yeah, I think they, I think they help one another. I mean, as far as, as far as being an improviser, yeah. I mean, as far as being a musician, it helps your singing because, you know, you can uh, um, hear the chords, you know, it helps singing harmony and, and everything else. Uh, as far as um, the two back and forth, they're, they're very much alike, like getting a good sound. It's just like getting a good sound when you sing. You know how you, you gasp or you lower your jaw or, you know, like that yawn almost that you get to get a, a really nice sound to get the right the right backing of each note as you move up the harmonica so it's the right um your mouth is the right size those are all sorts of things that you do when you're singing i think too and uh, and so they influence each other i'm sure in that regard but yeah i guess also you you are using your uh, diaphragm yeah uh, to so if you're in and out yeah especially with like throat vibrato like we call it you know like if you want to uh is similar for for both i think What uh, advice you will give to a chromatic harmonica player interested in uh, learning how to play jazz? Well, if they were already accomplished at the instrument, then the, the hard part's done. Like, you know, all those hurdles you have to get over on every instrument, you know, um, with harmonica, it's, you know, getting a single note, right? Mm -hmm. um, Playing, you know, bending expressively. For chromatic harmonica, additionally, it's like to, you know, be able to play a, a smoother legato phrase, you know, learning where to use the lever. And, uh, you know, the, if you're already accomplished at that level, like, you know, you can play your chords and scales and all that. And now you want to learn how to play jazz. I think that depends, I mean, on what you want to accomplish. But I, I would keep going back to, you know, that you should just remind yourself at all points that uh, why you started to play in the first place, you know, for self-expression. There's a great quote by Sun Ra. He said, the world is asleep and it's the fault of musicians who are not, <laughs> I'm ruining the quote, who are not, who are not doing their job. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, if, if you want to stay awake and stay present and do something that's, that has immediacy That, um, that you feel deeply, you know, try to keep that, that connection first. Yeah, it's about uh, playing with passion and be yourself. Right, right. And then, uh, of course, learning the technique and learning yeah, the skills, harmony. It's part so of, of the job. Too. Yeah, I mean, it's like, uh, it would depend on the individual, right? It's, mm. it's if they wanted to play, you know, post-bop sounding things, maybe they... And they're unfamiliar with something like the melodic minor scales, you know, or something. It's like, well, here's here's something. If they're if they're a good player and they know a lot of things, but they haven't spent any time, you know, taking down other people's solos, you know, that might be something that would be of value to them. If they're if they've done that, like say they're an accomplished classical musician who wants to learn how to improvise, well, it's like there's so many things to do there because now it's not a problem with reading. It's not a problem with, you know, understanding the theory. It's you just have to um, get a little more fluid at things like just improvise, extemporaneously expressing yourself, you know, 
So yeah, I think that the problem would be different depending on who the beginner is. There's so much That's material. True. I mean, it's, you know, and there's so much, so much inspiration. It's actually overwhelming. And, yeah. You know, if you want to, there's, I mean, for jazz harmonica, there's like, you know, every day I, I hear new people, you know, that are just amazing. So there's no loss for inspiration. There's a book about everything. <laughs> you know, you want to start, you know, um, you know, playing, uh, thinking about things as, you know, two, two triads stacked, or you want to start using pentatonic scales in different ways, or you want to, um, you know, uh, sort of internalize the, uh, the Omni book, you know, mm. and uh, learn a bunch of bird solos and, and see if you can't, you know, bring that sort of like sensibility to your, I mean, there's just endless things mm. that you, there's too much to do. It's so not enough time, you know, on that, on that, on that arc, if it was like a graph, it's like, you know, here's birth, here's death, you know, and it's like, there's only so much time, you know, yeah. what it's more like, what are you not going to do? You know? So, yeah. Yeah. Is, is there a, like a solo that uh, in particular that you, you spend uh, some time to learn it? Uh, a solo. I mean, over the years, yeah, there's been, um, a lot of different, um, you know, things I've gone through. Nothing, nothing really, um, I haven't really been doing that for a few years. So I'm more, um, working on, uh, I'm going to be too, too, I'll ramble too much if I don't choose my words. Like, um, we were talking about the harmonic thing, you know, playing, you know, two and three notes, um, you know, playing chords through certain things. So, I have an idea that I'd like to, you know, continue to um, expand that um, to the point where it's sort of like, do you know the George Van Epps book, Harmonic Mechanisms for Guitar? Uh, no, I haven't heard the. It's a brilliant thing. It's like it's to play, you know, um, to play with four separate voices constantly on the guitar. And so he's worked out a way for you to play through various you know, uh, chords and scales and to finger any, po every possibility, this sort of thoroughgoing, you know, idea or technique to, um, you know, connect things, you know, chromatically and, and otherwise. So there's always, um, there's always more of that that I'm, I'm trying to practice mm -hmm. and, and to get in. I, and I usually practice that in tandem with, you know, repertory. So learning songs. So, you know, I'll comp through through a bunch of songs and that and then you know i have no problem playing it later if i've comped through it you know <laughs> that that big mm. and uh say with marcus Watkins, um you know we have 400 songs in our book wow. and um he brings an ipad um with you know i i can't i'm i can't see it from where i'm at because i have trouble i i can't see very well <laughs> so um but he needs it because he's more responsible. He's got to play, actually play the chords. If I miss the downbeat of something and it was the four and I thought it was the one, I'll be okay. He won't. <laughs> But anyway, um, we'll, he'll just spin the, um, the alphabet on it and put his finger down and, and we'll play whatever it is. And sometimes it's, it's something we haven't played for a while, like Tico Tico or something. Yeah. And it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, but, uh, and so you, I, I comp along with that and I practice, the harmonic stuff. Um, I, I, you know, you can, on the chromatic harmonica, you can, um, 
bend a minor third on every note. So, um, so for instance, if you wanted to play B flat, you can play it, you know, on the draw where it is. You can play it. Um, for me, I have um, um, bebop tuned harmonica, so I have it on the blow. Also, I have one note different in each octave. Oh, can um, you uh, remind me uh, what is the bebop uh, tuning? So it's it's just like the standard tuning, but on the fourth hole, you drop it a whole step. So when you blow across the harmonica, now it's a C7 chord. Hmm. And the same thing on the D flat. When you press the lever in, you have a D flat major. You have those two repeat notes on on four and five. Yeah. So you just um, if you take those down a whole step, um, now the harmonica is more in thirds all the way up. You know, C E E G G B flat. B flat C is a second, but but um, uh, yeah, that's that's bebop tuning. Not not my idea. I actually thought it was. I was so arrogant. <laughs> but uh, oh. you can get you can get B flat everywhere. Like you can get like seven of them. You know you can or, or or G. Like I can you can bend the B flat draw down to G. You can bend the A down to G. You can bend the A flat down to G. And you can just play G. You can I can take the B flat blow I have and bend it down to G, or the B. And I mean no, not the B I guess. But yeah, I mean, so so that actually is like seven different G's, right? Mm. So if I want to play a melody, um, let me just maybe do something that'll be easier. <laughs> uh, so so here's a G, and here's an A flat. So you can um, take the A flat and make it a G. You know, oh, excellent. Yeah, so, um, and you can take the draw note and do that too. And you have. Um, different ways you can get it. Like, so, so say if I was playing, um, you know, just an E major or E mixolydian, you know, I can. You know, and then so I went, I went up and I played um, different notes each way. You know, yeah. uh, you can play entire scales on the blow, entire entire scales on the draw, and it will give you different phrasing options and things like that. But it's too much for me to think about. <laughs> like you know, it's just it's just like too many options. You know, and and uh, so sometimes I just practice that. Like I'll I'll work on you know, like playing everything in E flat on the blow. So instead of oh <laughs> it's amazing because it doesn't sound like you are bending. Yep, it has a weird it has a kind of a weird um feeling that you know those the big tenor um guys of the like Jimmy Forrest and people like that of the um of the fifties. They had this thing where they play those, you know, like alternate fingerings. Yeah, that's why. Like on a on Coltrane plays the blues. There's a, a bunch of things where he's leaning into a note and he's doing that. And I guess they, it's the nickname for it is called the Texas wobble, right? So, so to just do that one. 
you know. Yeah, like Illinois jacket. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's that's exactly it. And so you hear those guys do it a lot. They'll they'll grab like false fingering things and and you know, I don't actually know what John Coltrane's doing, but he'll do things where he'll play three different like the same note in three different ways, you know, and just kind of like cycle it. And and those it opens up all this tonal possibilities for what you can do. But it, but I mean it's like um, it's a mind blowing amount of stuff to work on. So maybe I'll take a melody, you know. So uh, I get it. now I get it. <laughs> you know, but we have um Uh, the uh, CX12 as your uh, chromatic harmonica because you can bend easily. I, I I I was able to bend just as easily on a 270. Yeah. So I don't. I mean, I I always hear that people say that about the CX12 that it's louder. Mm. I, I think maybe it is a little bit, and that you can bend easier. I know I can because it's the only instrument that I play. <laughs> But if I played another instrument for a little while, I wouldn't have any problem doing it. Yeah. I mean, for instance. You know, Brendan Power, who has like one incredibly mind blowing genius idea every 24 hours. So <laughs> it's hard to keep track of it. But right. he, uh, he built me up a harmonica once with different reed plates on it. It was a CX12, but it had Suzuki reed plates. And the reeds behaved a little differently. I thought I was easy, it was much easier to bend them. And uh, um, I was actually able to get these weird things. I could bend it a third, which was interesting. And then I could um, take it from there and bend it all the way down to a fifth. So I, I could play more like Indian sounding lines and things on it. And I don't know why I can't seem to do that on the regular reads that I have. So I know there's a difference between things and maybe some things are perhaps easier to bend. But I think it's mostly it's tin cup again. Hmm. It's like if you sat there, like if you if you wanted to practice, like say you're just playing something in C minor. You want to get every note to sound big, right? You can do some neighbor tone things. Or... You know, um, if you did that on any instrument, like that 64 is a beautiful instrument, it would be the same thing, you know, but you just have to keep doing it till you get it. To get it in tune to your satisfaction and you and you the the sound of it, it's just that it's like um, um, Michelangelo had uh, this some quote where somebody asked him because he didn't seem to measure or do anything he was doing when he would he would go to um, start at a block of marble, and he said they said well how do you know when to stop and he said when you reach the angel, yeah. you know it's like it, it, he basically. He said, "I want the. I'm trying to make the the angel reveal itself, 
And it feels that way about some notes. It's like they're not cooperating at first or some area of the harmonica is uncooperative for something you're doing, but you can do it somewhere else. You know it's there. You just have to spend a little more time and, and until it reveals itself, right? And that takes patience, you know, and some things you have to break them down into really small things, like start with something very small, like I'm just going to do it the first three holes. I'm just going to do it on this, on these arpeggios. You know, make it make it small until you can get it solid and real. Play it like if you have a difficult passage on a page, you scan it, something you have to read, and it's like three ledger lines above the staff, and it's got like broken sixteenth notes, and you're like, oh fuck, <laughs> you know, this isn't going to go well. We are already vibed yourself, right? But I mean, being able to look at a chart and go, that's a problem, that's out of my range, mm -hmm. uh, that looks weird. Like you don't hear it when you look at it. It's like. Um, it doesn't mean that, it, you know, I mean, on live on a gig, you're fucked, right? It's just whatever it is. But if you're at home, it's like, well, let me take a look at that. Let's play that, you know, at 60 beats a minute. And now it's not so imposing. Let me take it down an octave first, right? Mm. And then I'll, then I'll move it up an octave and I'll bring it up to tempo. And all those sort of like tools you have to, to, to do something, you can apply them to every other aspect of what you do. Just play it slower, more quietly play it for a few minutes each day. Don't try and solve every issue you have on your instrument. Solve one specific thing that you're working on. You know, I think everything falls if you eventually, if you just keep working it like water, water on the rocks, you know, it'll, it'll uh, carve out the grand Canyon. If you give it, give it five years. No, that's right. Most that's, people, uh... yeah, most people want it done now. Like, you know, you don't mm. get to playing, you know, with the facility that you play on, on bluesette without, um, having done a lot of other work, you know, to get to where you are and, and, you know, including work on that specific song and, and everything else. And then, you know, somebody can come up and just go, Oh, you're so talented <laughs> and robbing you of all of your hard work, like with one word. And, and it's like, no, actually <laughs> this was a lot of work. It was like, you know, in all the ways that you started, um, I mean, like, how did you start um, playing chromatic? Uh, when? How did you start playing chromatic yeah. with YouTube? Yeah, so I, um, yeah, I grew up in the, the south of Paris. Yeah. And uh, I started playing the diatonic harmonica. I was probably uh, eight or nine years old. Yeah. And by myself uh, with um, a method. It was, uh, I used um, Down Baker Blues Harmonica. Oh yeah, and, uh, it has a cassette. Yeah, yeah. I used to uh, to listen to that and also CDs from my uh, parents. Uh, yeah. They used to listen to classical music, rock and blues. And uh, in the apartment, we uh, we had a, a, gu a guitar with uh, broken strings and a little uh, plastic toy harmonica. So I couldn't really play the guitar, no. Yeah. And I took the harmonica and started to bring it to uh, the my school. And one day I made the connection with the what I was uh, hearing on the CDs and the the harmonica itself, the instrument. Yeah, the chromatic uh, came later uh, at uh, around 14. Mm -hmm. I was still listening to a lot of uh, CDs and I tried to play jazz on the diatonic. There's a this a great uh, jazz 
Daytonic Jazz Harmonica Player in France, Sebastian Charlier. Oh, and I love him. Hey, yeah. yeah. He's uh, yeah. amazing. And uh, I was taking lessons with him uh, every yeah. week uh, when I was 13, 14 years old, 15. And um, so I started playing in Paris at uh, some clubs, at uh, jam sessions also. Mm. And um, yeah, I was playing uh, on the Daytonic Harmonica and I was learning uh, standards like uh, ornithology and um, Donali and at one point uh, when I was maybe 17, 18 I, uh, I started the, the chromatic you know. I think somebody told me that I could uh, maybe play better if I pick up the, the chromatic it's, it's definitely um, more organized you, you know what I mean like it's easier to learn there's a lot of things to overcome when you're overblowing Man, there are some people like Sebastian that are that are are so good, you know. So it's hard to argue. <laughs> hard to yeah, argue that. You, do you know? Um, he's Belgian, but um, but uh, Walu, <laughs> um, Thierry. I'm gonna mispronounce his name. Thierry. Thierry yeah, I, he's a friend of mine. I I think his playing. He's one of the. He's one of the, like maybe like nine or ten people I think that play both chromatic and diatonic really well, like you know mm -hmm. across across the board and uh yeah, yeah. who really yeah. have a, a for both instruments you know yeah. Yeah, do you know about him yeah do you know marco jovanovic uh i think he's uh in berlin no I'm not, i don't know yes. he's in berlin yeah okay he's, he's a chromatic player but i think he's more known as a diatonic player but his his chromatic playing is is outstanding and he's playing um you know balkan music and um even with like arabic influences and and uh you know he does he was doing that for, for years on the diatonic so he's super expressive and very musical you know reads well plays changes and all that on the diatonic but he's been doing it on the chromatic for the last like five five or ten years or something and he's uh he's another one one of those guys that's bilingual <laughs> you know chromatic and diatonic yeah what are your upcoming projects Um, well, I have a record coming out with, uh, I have a, a group, uh, a duo with a guy, Scott Ray, who's a, a brilliant slide player and called Gut Puppet. And we've had five CDs and, uh, we've also played in a number of other things. So he got a quartet together in LA with one of my favorite drummers in the world, Alex Klein, and one of my favorite bass players, uh, Stuart Liebig. So it's, um, like these original compositions of his, um, the Scott Ray quintet, it's going to be... You know, I'll send I'll send you an MP3 from that. Okay. Because I, and uh, um, it's not out yet, but it's going to be on. Um, shoot, I forget what label it is, but I can write you. I'll just write you. Um, that um, the um, there's though there's that there's a record by Mentot. There's a Dogtown Blues Band, which is a guy Rich Lubavitch, um, and uh, Michaela and I recorded something in New York. Uh, when I was there last, we st it's still not uh, mastered and put out, but she's going to take care of that. That's coming out hopefully this month because we go on tour in March. So <laughs> got to get it together soon. And, um, oh shoot. I don't know. I'll, you know, I'll send you a list. That'd be yeah. easier. Those, just the, those are the records I've done in the last like six months that I'm on. And, uh, 
always something coming up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm really, I'm really proud of the Scott Ray thing. You know, it's, it's just a, it's like, um, you know, the label ECM. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like it's has kind of like in that vibe. So it's not really, um, it's not um, something typically that I would do, mm. um, but it's, uh, but it's with like players that they do that sort of thing really really well you know and it's so it's a, it was a pleasure and scott writes great songs so. bill uh, thanks again for um, you know, being the guest today on the podcast yeah thanks good talking to you thanks again for listening to harmonica studio podcast don't forget to subscribe and visit our website evenikpone.harmonicastudio.com If you are interested in learning how to play the chromatic harmonica, you will find there hundreds of video lessons, articles, jazz improved tips, and more. Keep practicing and I'll be back for a new episode very soon.